0: Hello, it is your host Johnny from Johnny's Book Reviews, a site to help inspire you guys to go read. So, go read. If you guys want to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Goodreads, TikTok, and Twitter at Johnny's Book Reviews, definitely do that. Provide a ton of reviews on there as well. So, Goodreads is just uh, review based. Now, for my other social media handles—TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, etc.—those are the ones where I provide, you know, my reviews, but also videos over the books, and then also provide little pictures of, you know, signed books I get or pictures of quotes I see from books that spark my interest. I provide a ton of stories on my uh, Instagram page, so definitely stay tuned for those, and definitely check that out at Johnny's Book Reviews. And follow me, of course, too. And then also, I provide a short every day over over a book that I see, signed book that I'm getting or have collected, or a review over a book. I'm going to probably hit it more short reviews on that platform, so definitely stay tuned for that. But again, you can uh, follow me on youtube at johnny's book reviews so follow me and uh, get awesome tips and book reviews and also videos short videos of books that i think look cool etc and then also my website at johnny'sbookreviews.com i have a ton of book reviews that i haven't been able to put on here yet so definitely look at that i have also a lot of reading questions that i have on there like how do i save money on books how have i not spend any money on books, et cetera, et cetera. And one year I, I spent no money on books and I provide a blog on there. So definitely look at that. If you guys want to support this channel, you can give a donation from $2 to $10 per month. It helps out provide better reviews for you guys. It, it can help provide or help with equipment, etc., to provide better reviews. And then also, if you guys want to support this channel, too, we I have merch on the, uh, Bonfire.com at Johnny's Book Reviews. I have a Read Bands book where I have eight band books that I've sparked my interest and that I've read. And, you know, they go over a wide range of topics, sexuality, gender, sexual assault, mental health, etc. And I thought those books were really good to put onto the shirt. And so that's what I did. Reband Books. I have two lines, and then I also have a Go Read line, Challenge Yourself line, the Johnny's Book Reviews logo line. So definitely check that out at Johnny's Book Reviews uh, on bonfire.com. And then, of course, follow this uh, podcast for more reviews that comes out every Friday. So I'll, I'll drop an episode every Friday roughly around 8 to 10 a.m. So definitely check that out. Stay tuned and follow or subscribe to to this podcast. All right, in 2022, I read 100 books. In this episode, I'm going to talk about my top five books. This is hard to figure out because I read a ton of great books in 2022. Now, if you want a full list of my year in 2022, definitely check out my Goodreads. The link is down below. Definitely check that out. But I have all my reviews on there for 2022 as well as 2021. So definitely check that out. I have roughly now 292 reviews on there, so if you guys want to know my current up-to-date reading and what I do specifically, definitely check out Goodreads because that's where I post everything on there, my reviews and what I thought about the book, my even my Kindle notes, etc. Definitely check that page out because that's my most up-to-date page that I regularly look at and update every single day. But without further ado, let's get into the episode. So before we begin, let's talk about real estate. It's a really good passive income, but how do you get into real estate? You have to buy the property and deal with annoying tenants. Who wants that, really? What if you could buy into a portfolio an account that buys the properties for you and handles the tenants? Is that such a thing? Yep. It's called a real estate index funnel, but I use Fundrise as this company is one of the better real estate Index funds out there. You can start as low as five dollars and if you use my referral link you get twenty five dollars HTTPS slash slash fundrise.com slash r slash OPR 3zp again, it's fundrise.com slash r slash OPR 3zp you'll get a twenty five dollars. I'll get twenty five dollars as well, but the main point is that you're gonna be setting up a real awesome real estate portfolio risk fee. You don't have to worry about the tenants. You don't have to worry about buying the property. They have properties, commercial warehouses, and multi-million dollar apartment complexes. When you invest into this account, you're buying shares specifically into those buildings and those properties that they own. Now But once you buy or pull money into the account, diversifies it into all the properties that they own. So again, use my referral link, sign up, and get started with real estate today. Again, my referral link is farnes.com slash R-O-P-R-3-Z-P. Again, the referral link is O-P-R-3-Z-P-R. But I think I figured out my top five. So this order is not in any specific order. So let's begin. Number one, Goblet of Fire by J.K. Rowling. Now, I put this in there because of the book. I love the book. Now, I don't support J.K. Rowling specifically on what she has to say about the transgender group in the community. Uh, she has a lot of you know comments specifically on that. I don't really support that. I think it's really bad that she actually did say those things. And it, it sucks, you know, because I really enjoyed the Harry Potter books. Now I'm kind of leaning toward I don't really like them because of J.K. Rowling. Now, if we could say Daniel Radcliffe wrote the books, I'll support that. Let's just say that Daniel Radcliffe wrote the books. I would have to say with, with her comments and everything like that, I understand that. And it definitely makes sense. All right. So with this, let's get into it. So, I love this book. It's my favorite Harry Potter book. This book goes over Harry Potter's fourth year where there's a big competition called the Triwizard Tournament held at Harry's School, which is Hogwarts. Now, this is the first time that it has been held at Hogwarts in over 100 years. So everyone you want to decide about it, there's an age restriction of 17 years old due to the people dying in previous years. So Harry's sadly not 17 yet, so he can't put his name in the Goblet of Fire. So this Goblet of Fire is where you kind of put your name to be entered into the Triwizard Tournament. Now, this Goblet of Fire shoots out three competitors from each school. And there's three schools in this book that are competing. However, what happens is Goblet of Fire shoots out four names. And it, it shoots out three competitors from each school. But then it shoots out another competitor from Gryffindor or another competitor, sorry, from... Hogwarts, and that is Harry Potter himself. So someone mysteriously put Harry's name in the goblet fire, and then ultimately this allowed Harry to compete and have four competitors instead of three in the wizard Tournament. Never has happened before, and it's a new year for first. The crazy thing is, and this is why that I love this book so much, is because Dumbledore or anybody, I'm not sure anybody knew that. The competition, Triwizard Tournament, was a ruse to lure Harry to the most powerful dark wizard of all time, which is Lord Voldemort. This way, Lord Voldemort can you know, reborn again in a physical form, and ultimately that's what happens at the end of the, the book and the movie. So the movie did great as well. That's why I really liked the book, because the fourth movie was my favorite. It was the best. And it follows the book very closely. And if you're curious, guys, this is a little rant about the fifth movie, which is Order of the Phoenix. So, fifth movie in the book is Order of the Phoenix. So, it didn't do well, or the, the movie didn't do well because it cut out a lot of information, leaving you go, huh, what's happening here? So, ultimately, they should have broke the f- fifth book into two movies, which they were going to do, but they decided not to. I'm not sure why, but it, it was a stupid decision, but... Uh, they should have broke it into two movies because the fifth book is the longest book out of the entire series, and it provides crucial information for the sixth book, which is uh, Half Blood Prince and Deathly Hollows, which is the seventh book, and it provides crucial information for those two books so that you understand what's really going on in those two books. Now, ultimately, leaving out a ton of information out of this movie. Took out a lot of information that was needed to help a good base understanding for those movies, six and seven. So surprisingly enough, they turned the, the fifth book into the shortest movie. Don't ask me why, but it provided a lot more and it left more questions than answers. And we'll never know. But again, if you guys want more information specifically on the fifth book and really any more, like, information that you've missed because you probably have missed a lot, I would highly suggest reading The Order of the Phoenix to understand what's really happening in the, the fifth movie because there's a ton of information that kind of goes over stories that is in the second book and the third book, etc. It kind of brings back those years that Harry had prior from, like, the first year or the second year, the third year, etc. So I definitely uh, recommend reading that book. Anyways, that's the first one, Goblet of Fire by J.K. Rowland or Daniel Radcliffe. So I ran about this book in two episodes so far, so definitely check those episodes out. So those episodes are 34, Waxing On by Ralph Macchio, and I uh, released that on January 13th, 2023. And the next one is number 14, on October eighteenth, when the book came out, I, I provide my first part of the the review. So definitely check that out. I provide a lot more information about Ralph Macchio's book and why I liked it so much, my review of it, and etc. All right, but I've read it twice, and I rarely do that for books. And so once I read a book twice, normally I'll have to put it onto my top favorite list because I rarely read books twice. I rarely get through some books. Like, for example, Sally Rooney's books, if you don't have punctuations around what you say or what people say, it makes it very hard for the person to read the book, aka me. So I read that book, read the first page, and I was like, yep, fuck it. I threw it away. Didn't really throw it away, but I put it on the shelf and I'll never touch it again. So that's what I had to do. So in the first couple of pages, if it doesn't catch my intention, then I won't read the book. Now, of course, I have had several books where I read to like 200, 300 pages, and I'm like, dude, this is so boring. Why am I continuing reading this? And this is what happened with Suzanne Collins' book, *Ballad of Songbirds, which was a prequel to the Hunger Games books, and it talked a little bit about President Snow. And so in that book, I read to about 150, maybe 200 pages, and I still had roughly 200 plus more pages to go, and I was like, no, I can't do this. It's so boring. It was very boring. It took roughly 150 pages to kind of get a little backstory about President Snow. And we weren't even, like, getting to the, the games yet. I was like, oh, my God. Can you just pick this up, please? Good gosh, Some some authors don't do this well. And it, it kind of sucks. You know, you have a long book and you make it so long when you could have wrote it in a very short time frame, it would have made it a little bit better for the reader. And also, it would make the book a little bit more interesting. Like, you don't want a very long sequence of events that just makes the person bored as hell. Like, oh, come on. Just, what the fuck? No, it's, no. What the hell is it? No, that's not going to happen. It doesn't help. And I'll talk a little bit about that a little bit more. I'll review it uh, this year. But that's one of the big ones I have. Also, another big one was the Sarah J. Moss Throne of Glass series. Holy hell. The, the first couple books are great. That's why I really really liked them. The first couple books are great. And then all of a sudden it just went downhill. Kingdom of Ash was too long. I thought that you could condense it a lot more. You could probably provide probably a 400, 500-page book. Instead of a 1,000-page book, I think you, she she could have condensed it so much more. And the sequence of events was very subpar for me. I thought the war was going to be more powerful. It only lasted about 20, 30 pages. Like, she built it up, all these seven books, she built it up to just kind of have a subpar performance or a subpar war. And I just couldn't do it. I read to like page 600. And I stayed on that page for like six months. I was like, okay, I better just read a couple more pages. So I read to a 700, stayed there for a couple more months. And then I just quickly read through the rest of the book, skimmed it, or got some spark notes information about it. And that's about it. Like, I'm probably never going to touch that book again. However, I'm going to probably touch Assassin's Blade again. I really want to read that one again. That one was really good. I think the uh, reason behind it is because the stories are short. Right. But also the stories are really impact or like, you know, they're short, but also they get the point across. Right. They're really action based and they don't just drag on over and over again. Like once that happens, it gets to a point where you're just getting bored and then you procrastinate and ultimately you don't want to read anymore. And that shouldn't be the case. That shouldn't happen when you read. And that specifically is what happened with the Thorn of Glass series. So I, I honestly didn't really like that as much. And so I'll review that a lot more in depth later. So definitely check that out. The entire Thorn of Glass series, I'm reviewing I'm reviewing probably each book as well. So definitely stay tuned for that. But anyways, get back to the waxing on. So again, once and my point is I rarely read books twice. And I've read a lot of books last year in 2022 that I actually read, reread a couple times. I read three books, which I put on my list, and I'll talk a little bit more about that. Next, you know, Jenna McCurdy's book, I'm Glad My Mom Died, and then also Magnolia Story by Chip and Jonah Gaines, and I'll talk a little bit about why I reread those and why I put it on those lists, right? Because they're good. So this is Ralph Macchio's first book that he wrote. The, the book is his story of Karate Kid, Cobra Kai, and the actors he played with, like Pat Morita, who played the iconic Mr. Miyagi. Now, he doesn't provide much information on his life before Karate Kid, and this is essentially a book all about Karate Kid, which I love. So, it's not your typical biography, and I really like that. Honestly, like sometimes I, I like the information about your childhood, your your family, etc., but sometimes I really don't like, care, especially when it's like an actor... Or, you know, when it's a baseball player or something like that. I I just want to get into right into the action, right into the information that I really want to know about, which is Karate Kid. Right. I picked up this book not to learn about Ralph Macchio's life. I mean, it's pretty cool. It'd be cool to kind of see that information or kind of hear that information. But honestly, I really I didn't really care about that. What I wanted Was information about the Karate Kid because I wanted to know Tanner Roluso's Ralph Macchio's perspective on the Karate Kid and what he did in the Karate Kid. That's what I really would like to know. And so this was an abnormal biography because most of the time, majority of the biographies. So Starts out with their life and barely touches up on their acting career or anything like that. And this one was completely different, where it talked all, where he talked all about his uh, the this or this movie, Karate Kid, and I I really loved it. And you know I wanted more information about Karate Kid. I wanted a personal perspective of Karate Kid, and who better to provide that perspective than one of the iconic characters in the story, Daniel Luso Mister. Ralph Macchio. Now, it would be pretty cool if Mr. Miyagi was still alive. I think he would really like the Cobra Kai, but he is not, and it's kind of sad. But, yeah, that's that's kind of the, the second book. Again, it's Rocking On by Ralph Macchio. This book is great. So I did provide two episodes over this book as well, so check those out. That is... Number seven episode, I'm glad my mom died by Jenna McCurdy, and I I launched that on September 1st, 2022, and then my next one, which was last week, last Friday, which was January 20th, 2023, uh, episode 35, part two episode over Jenna McCurdy's book. Man, this book was so good, so I had to review it twice, I mean, I might review it again, pick out some information bits and pieces here and there what I learned again because hey I, I learned a lot more the second time reading it and i probably l- learn a little bit more the third time reading and the fourth time reading it. I'll probably read this book multiple times as well as well as Rolf Macchio's book Waxing On I, I just loved it it might be a tradition maybe every Christmas I read only three books and those three books are going to be Christmas Carol Waxing on by Ralph Macchio and Jenna McCurdy's book, I'm glad my mom died. Maybe I'll just read all three of those books around the same time, and then watch Jim Carrey's Christmas Carol, eat some Doritos, and call it a good day. That must what am I do? That's what I might do. The thing is, I might not read the entire book again. I might just read sections of those certain books. But it's a pretty good idea. We'll see. Uh, but I'm definitely reading Christmas Carol, front cover to the back. But um. I'll talk a little bit more about that later. But again, this was a great book. It's one of the most powerful books I've read. It touched up on the detrimental effect of child acting, how she didn't want to act at all, abuse from her mom, and how her mom forced and encouraged her to start restricting calories. Yes, her mom encouraged her to develop an eating disorder. This led to a very bad eating disorder where ultimately if she didn't And she mentions this in the book. If she didn't get help or treatment with it, she probably would be dead right now. She, Jenna McCurdy, would not be alive. And I totally agree because eating disorder is and I again I talk a little bit about this in more depth in both my reviews because it's such an important topic to talk about. Is eating disorders can be very is life threatening. Either or, you know, the is where you starve yourself. And essentially, you're not getting the, the right micro, macronutrients that you need, and basically that destroys your uh, organs, your liver, your pancreas, your intestines, etc. Because your your body's not getting the nutrients it needs to survive, and ultimately that will just shut down your organs, and it will lead to death. So the biggest thing is like if you know someone who is experiencing an eating disorder, you definitely get them help as soon as possible. And the biggest thing too, is like, if they have had the eating disorder for a long time, it's going to take a long time for them to, basically, it's going to take a long time to establish the, the habit of eating again for them. They have to do extensive treatment, therapy, etc. to help them eat. And that's reality. Uh, that's anorexia. And then the next thing is bulimia, where you eat a lot of food and then you will throw it up and then you do that over again that has also a ton of health effects and it's not as life threatening as anorexia but it it can be it can cause death so so bulimia also causes uh, life threatening issues to the body uh, it can cause sudden death you know because it can stop the heart or cause you to have a respiratory arrest Because it causes an electrical imbalance whenever you have or whenever you do excessive purging. And so both of those events, right, bulimia and anorexia can and is one of the most dangerous and deadly uh, mental disorders, mental health disorder to address. So, again, if you guys are experiencing any disorder, I, I highly suggest getting therapy and help as much as possible for it. And If you have to go treatment, I would definitely get treatment as well. Now that means like going to you know treatment center, etc. I would highly suggest getting that. Now, if you know someone that is that is experiencing an eating disorder, understand that it's not as simple as hey go eat. It's not as simple as that, right? It's it's a it's a mental health uh, disorder, and it, it's rooted down to doing it for multiple years, if they've done it for 30 plus years, telling them to eat is not going to really work, right? So eating disorders are still being researched heavily and they're still a mystery. Uh, Some of them are kind of a mystery, kind of figure out the best alternative and treatment to kind of help people with eating disorders. But I think the biggest thing too is therapy and treatment are the kind of the best options for people who are experiencing eating disorders. Even if it's a low level, uh, even if it's not excessive, I would highly suggest you getting help, getting help from a doctor, and then also a mental health practitioner. All right, that's what I would say about number three. Again, (laughs) I mentioned eating disorder again for the third time uh, when I talk about this book because, hey, eating disorder is very important. Right. And I think Jenny McCurdy talks about a topic that not many people talk about. You know, I never heard and I've never read a book about eating disorders. And I've read over 300 books. No one really talks about eating disorders. And I've read a lot of books, you know, from women, from men, them, etc. I've read a lot of them and none of them talk about the struggle behind eating. And it was cool to see that Jenna McCurdy is getting the help that she needs. She's getting treatment, therapy, et cetera. And I really like that. And I think that it really provides a great message for younger people, younger kids, and also adults. So that's what I would say specifically on this book. I So basically, what happened was I got into a bad breakup with my ex. And I essentially had the option of either leaving the apartment or keeping the apartment. And my nice personality, I left. I ultimately should have had her leave the situation because I ultimately was paying the the rent, and that's what ultimately happened. Was I pay the rent for the next four or five months, and because of that, it it straddled me. It it caused me to become financially broke, I couldn't pay for an apartment by myself after that period of time, and I honestly couldn't put it down at the de- uh, a deposit if I didn't get my stimulus check yeah, I would have probably been sleeping in my car for my last semester of grad school i was I was almost there I, I was getting prepared I even had a couple nights where I stopped in my car just to kind of prepare back home. That's what I did you know it's it's what I had. It's reality. That's what I had to do. I didn't want to suck it up or anything like that. Yeah, I did mention that, like, hey, I won't be able to pay it. I, 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 the problem is, I should have done that. The problem is, too, is like if she didn't pay for that rent, it would have been very bad on my record as well. So it would have been, it would have prevented me to get an apartment. I was like, whatever, you know, like I'm just going to pay it. Whatever, it is what it is. Even though if it breaks me, it broke me, that's fine. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll get back from it. And, you know, it was the darkest place in my life, I'll be honest. Like, like I didn't like being on my brother's couch for weeks on end and my aunt's couch on weeks I end. Like, I, I didn't want to do that. But that's the reality, right? And ultimately, I got back, got the stimulus check, and the rest is history but that's how I became all or homeless for a couple months because I didn't have a place to stay in Ohio. Now I had places to stay in here in Maine, but again, like I didn't have a place to stay in Ohio. And again, the option could have been to kind of quit or even kind of just say, Hey, I, I can't go back to grad school, which is also an option too. I was, Also almost decided not to go back to grad school at that period of time as well. So there's two actually periods where I I almost did not go back to grad school. Right. In the middle of the semester, I told my director, like, hey, I want to quit. And she kind of encouraged me, kind of backed me down from not quitting. And ultimately I wish I did pull the plug and quit. It was a very bad decision on my part not doing it. And I should have. The the moment where I was homeless. I think there was a moment that, like, this career, this job is not going to be the career that you want to do. This caused you more heartache than ever. It caused you a lot more financial stress than you've ever wanted. So why should you go to this career? It Ultimately, you're starting out at a very rocky beginning as well. It's a rocky relationship. Why fucking continue it? And so that's what I was like. Ultimately, decided like, okay, well, we made that decision, and we can't step back away from it. We're already a hundred and twenty-four thousand dollars in debt. So, let's start new. And here we are. Ultimately, the, this book has helped me kind of get out of that situation. But basically, it's that uh, show where they fix up houses. They in every house they don't have a TV. In the living room. Why is that? Because they don't own a TV and they want to provide that for the houses that they, they make. And they do that for every episode. So what I did was, hey, let's take out our TV. Let's take out our streaming services. And that's what I did. And I, uh, I did that for 30 days and it changed every aspect of my life. So do it right now. Take out TV, take out streaming services for 30 days. It's going to ultimately change the entire aspect of your life. I guarantee it. Because you're going to figure out, like, holy shit, I have all this time now. What am I going to do with my time? (laughs) You got a lot to do, right? So what I did was I started working out more. I swam. I found another sport that I absolutely love. I love long-distance swimming. I found biking. And then I found running. And then ultimately I was like, hey, let's do an Ironman. So, I trained for that as well. And then the running led me to do a marathon. I never thought in the fucking life that I ever fucking do a marathon. And I've also read more consistently. So, start of 2021, I've read every day for the last two years. And I'm still going strong. I have read every day for the last 755 days. If I continue this, and my plan is to continue this, I will reach 1,000 days in October around my birthday, which would be pretty cool. So if that happens, I'm going hard. Giveaway, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to do a big giveaway. So stay tuned for that. So this is a memoir of the Gaines family. They have an area to put the TV if the person wants to put a TV, but they don't put the TV in the house because they don't own a TV. They don't don't support that idea, and I really like how they – Provide their own unique taste to how they flip the houses, and they do that in every episode where they don't put the TV or anyone's living room, which is pretty cool. So, ultimately, this show helped them get a lot of money and get a lot of exposure as well. But again, this allowed them to open up a uh, mall or buy a silo, and basically, around the silo, they bought us basically a factory with two silos, and so around the factory they and this was built over the last like 10 plus years and they're still trying to refurbish and kind of fix up the silos which they haven't had money to do yet it's uh like a multi-million dollar project they said so again they're probably saving up money for that but they're gonna do it eventually which is probably in the next four or five years we'll see maybe this year i don't know but that's the next big project they're gonna do is fixing those silos Which again making sure that they have enough money to be able to do that. So they don't go bankrupt. So because of that exposure to the show, the mall idea blew up and millions of people visited each year, they make a ton of money off that. Uh, And so that's another revenue of stream of income that they get from their company called Magnolia. And so I think if they fix those silos, refurbish it and kind of fix it up to its glory, like back in the 1920s, I, I think that the, the mall is going to be outstanding and I really want to go to it and I haven't had the opportunity yet, but once I do an Ironman down there, I'll definitely do it and definitely check out that area. So I'll probably be, I don't know, I'll probably stay down there for a week, two weeks. We'll see. And I might like it too much where I'll just stay down there. I don't know. I normally—I normally I'll, Normally I'll do that is where if I like an area so much, I'll just stay down there for a long period of time. And that's what I did in Ohio. I honestly miss Ohio, to be honest with you, and that's what I did here on Maine. I, I really liked it to the point where I just, hey, you know, stay. So I might do that for for Texas. We'll see. I, I'm really like what I see, like everything around. Like I might, I might, I might start living down there. Try to find like apartment down there very quickly. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. But again, it comes down to how am I able to do it. Again, like. The biggest thing too is like I've the autonomy and freedom once I pay off my debt. So I'm gonna stay here in Maine for the next five years. But once that debt's paid off, man, I'm sailing. I'm going. I'm going. I'm out of here. Uh, but when with the hit show, other forms of media came from it, like Johnny Gaines' cooking show. It's also cool to see how they started out and where the 15 years got them, right? Instead of putting in that consistency in the grind to get to where they are now. That's why I love this book. They could have quit in the beginning when they had no money or they were living in a fixed up home chip bot that wasn't really fixed up, right? It it was shit. It was a bad place, but people think they are lucky and this was giving to them. No, they, they put in a lot of work. Maybe they're a little lucky because them buying the silos, ultimately that that was a lucky decision, right? It was opened up and they were able to have the opportunity and the money to put down for that property and now they're making a ton of money and actually their investment so that investment was a million dollars. So that investment probably has quadrupled, you know, with the, the businesses that are there, etc. I think it was a really good investment ultimately and it paid off for the long term. And I think that investment occurred five five to seven years ago or something like that. And again, it's that consistency they have to build up on this mall over a period of time to make it where it looks now. If you see the video photos of the Magnolia market, check it out online Magnolia market. It's, it looks beautiful. I have not gone yet. And I really want to, we'll see how it goes. And I think if I, if I go around their area, I think it will be a, lo- a big inspiration for me. And I think it will change my, my life again. Just seeing that area, putting the grind, you know, that 15 years in the making, was for this mall and getting their company essentially there to kind of promote it and then help other small businesses too. I think that's pretty cool. It's just you know that like again it's that consistency and that that's what I bring it into is like people don't understand that for their company, Magnolia, it took them fifteen years to make. So whatever they had to do, whatever they're doing now, right, their their mall, everything like that, it took them fifteen plus years to do. Put in the grind, put in the effort and then also took in the taking the accountability like we can't do big projects or else they're going to go bankrupt and one of the biggest examples is fixing up a castle it's a multi-million dollar project and they couldn't do it in the beginning of their career and chip said that in the show where he couldn't work on the castle before because he, he was looking at the property for a long time and he couldn't do it because they didn't have the money for it. And so again, it goes down to having the money to be able to make that purchase, being smart about the money uh, and having good finances to do it. Again, it's built over a long period of time. The financial habits they're they're building their business and having multiple revenues or streams of income for that business, etc., so that they can grow even more. And so again, it's it's awesome to see, right? Is that you know it is capitalism a little bit, right? But again, they they came after after college. They came from uh, where they didn't have anything, didn't have any money, they didn't have that where they are now, right? In At that period of time, they probably would have never thought that they would be where they are now. And ultimately, it has led them to having a mall. A lot of people coming to Waco just to check out that mall. And then also fixing up a castle, fixing up people's houses, etc. It didn't happen overnight. And I'll say that again. Nothing happens overnight, right? It happened over 5,475 nights, which equals 15 years. That's a long fucking time. But you have to put in that work. You put out the grind, the consistency, you gotta be smart, you gotta research, and you gotta be smart with money. You can't just pull all your money into one project. You gotta be you gotta be smart, or else you're gonna go bankrupt. And I know some companies are doing that now, pulling all their money into money, like all they're made into a certain aspect that they shouldn't do right now. They should just hold off a little bit, wait. And then put that money in later, like keep that money, like reserve it a little bit. Uh, Barnes and Noble, what? Did I say something? Uh, but yeah, that's what I would say, right? Is like, you got to be smart about the money. And if you don't, then you're going to just go bankrupt. Your business is going to fail. And then you're just going to go downhill from there. And that's ultimately what i have to say over this book. But again, it, it brought me to an area where... I was stuck darkest place in my life. And it got me out of it. And ultimately, again, it made me realize that that period of time is like, okay, that period of time is going to happen. You know, sometimes hopefully it doesn't happen to you guys. But for me, I was like, okay, how can I learn from this? How can I grow from it? So it never happens again. So that's what I kind of asked my question or ask myself every day. Because I don't want to get back to that part. That was a very low part of my life. And this book really helped me kind of understand that a little bit more. and helped me to like, okay, let's start small. Let's build it up and kind of just keep on growing as much as humanly possible in, you know, for Johnny's book reviews and then also in our life. And I think that was huge. For 2021, and then led into a a crazy year in 2022 as well. And it just keeps on going. And I I I've really enjoyed that. So again, that is number four, Magnolia Story by Jonah and Chip Gaines. Number five, Christmas Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. Now, this book was produced in 1843 and has sold millions of copies since then. A lot of people love this book. I love this book, and it's a story of someone who named Scrooge. Who hates Christmas and is so on Christmas Eve? He's visited by three ghosts. Now that's present, past, and future. Now these ghosts show who Scrooge was, is, and what's going to happen to him. He says the course he's doing. So ultimately, this leads him to shaping up and be nice to everyone around him. I mean, he's a multimillionaire. Again, I talk a little bit about this more in depth in my review. So definitely check that out. Again, that episode is, and I launched that right before Christmas time, but that episode was 29 on December 23rd, 2022. So definitely check that out to review a little bit more about that book on there. But basically in that review, I essentially say, hey, it's not about all about money. He had enough money to kind of relax a little bit, let loose, and potentially provide Somebody else's manager or somebody else to kind of operate the store so that he can spend more time with family, etc. And ultimately, he didn't do that. He said no to that opportunity. And the only person that he ever loved, only person that had made him feel good, made him want to celebrate Christmas, left because he didn't really want to settle down. He didn't want to stop working for money when he was a multimillionaire already at like age 25 or something like that. So again, this is a great book. I did provide a review over this book, so check that out again. And the reason why I love this book is because it contains a ton of lessons. I talk about my review episode, so definitely check it out. Like one of the lessons, again, was not chasing money. Like money doesn't bring happiness. I mean, it does to a some extent, but it isn't... It, it's not a full aspect into promoting that happiness right it, happiness involves a ton of other things and money is not all of it right it, it could be a small part maybe five to ten percent but not all of it so uh i love the movies as well it's a big reason why i was like hey let's re- read christmas carol because i read or I, I watched jim carrey's christmas carol i was like okay this is a great movie. I've watched it every Christmas ever since. And then this year, I was like, okay, we watched it. I was like, okay, now we have to read Christmas Carol. And that's what we did. I read it. I was like, yep, yeah, this is the book. And I'm probably going to do the transition. So I'm going to probably read Christmas Carol every year from now on. And again, I mentioned maybe I'll read a little bit about Jenna McCurdy. I'm glad my mom died around that time frame. As well as Waxing On by Ralph Mancho. Maybe Magnolia's Story as well by Chip and Jonah Gaines. We'll see. I I might just read all four of those books, my four favorite books of all time, and potentially do that as a tradition every Christmas, but we'll see. All right, other notable nominees. The number one Joan Fluke books, which is the Hannah Swenson series. There's 28 books. Now, in 2022, I didn't realize this. I read 26 of the 28 that year, and I didn't really realize that I did that, but all 26 of those are Notable Non-Anonese because they are really good books. They're, They're fabulous books, right? The biggest reason behind it is because it goes over baking and then it goes over mystery. I love Nancy Drew books, and I actually read those a couple in 2021, and this kind of reminded me of a Nancy Drew book. With some baking and a little bit more adultish, And that's why I really like this series a lot. These are the Hannah Swenson murder mystery books. Uh, my co-worker loved them. So I decided to read them and I finished the entire series. 26 books in 2022. I couldn't... I can't believe it. I haven't read the really the side books yet that were wrote by the other authors. But I have read the majority of the other ones. And I can't believe I read 26. That's unbelievable. I just read... Or I just... Checked out the the amount of books that I read last year, and it was 26 on Goodreads. So, that's that's insane. That's pretty good. Yeah, it really reminded me of Nancy Drew. Thing is with Nancy Drew, though, she knows who she loves. Hannah still hasn't figured it out yet. She married a person, but he cheated on her. This is out of a blue marriage, too. It wasn't going to work out, and she didn't really love him. He didn't really love her as much, obviously, because he was cheating on her, etc., right? and you know, she, she's she been having this fling with two other guys for the entire series, 28 books. Uh, and these guys are Mike and Norman. Mike is the detective, while Norman is the dentist for the town. And so the romance and the friendship between Hannah and these two guys has gone on too long, right? There's a love triangle thing going on. And, you know, honestly, it's kind of interesting that Mike and Norman are actually buddies' buddies. Interesting. Either though, no, both of them know that Hannah likes them both and that they both know that they dates with Hannah. They both know that she goes on dates on either Mike or Norman. They're trying to, both of them are trying to win Hannah's attention, win Hannah's hand for marriage, and she hasn't pulled the plug. So uh, they've asked her both, Mike and Norman, to marry her. She has denied them both. And ultimately, she's like, okay, I, if I'm ready, I'm going to tell you guys if I want to marry you or not. I'm going to let you guys know. And she hasn't let them know yet. So it's been a really long time. I'm not really sure if she'll announce it in this book. But the next book coming out is July 25th, 2023. I can't wait that long. But it's called the Pink Lemonade Cake Murder. But we'll see if she says yes to either Norman or Mike. But it's been a long time. And ultimately, they've respected her to give either of them the decision or not if she wants to marry Mike or Norman. And she'll let both guys know on who she chose. But that should be an interesting book whenever that happens. I, I don't think it'll be this one, it'll probably be the next one. I don't know. <laughs> we're still trying to figure it out oh i i think it i think it's pretty cool though right you build that relationship between two people and then you kind of decide if you which one you want to do and she has the autonomy she has the option to choose each other one and she wants to wait right she wants to choose the one that she wants to marry for the long term right until she passes away and so that's really what she's doing right now. She's like, she wants one for the long term. We'll see. But again, those books were really, really good. All right. Number two is Everything I've Never Dreamed by Ruth Glenn. This is a memoir over her life. Ruth Glenn is is the CEO and president of the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence. And she decided to write a book this year. It actually came out in October, during Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and this was a powerful book, right? This memoir discusses about domestic abuse. Her husband abused her daily when she tried to leave, and she did. She divorced him. He would stalk her, threaten her. Later, he'd actually try to kill her and shot her three times. Ruth survived, and this is her story. I realized that leaving an abusive relationship might be worse for the person, and sometimes leads to death. And she mentions this in the book as like leaving an abusive relationship actually might be much more dangerous for the person. I was like, really? Wow. And I I didn't really know that. And it's like, it makes sense because she's a prime example. She left the relationship. She thought she was free until she had to go to the hospital with three gunshot wounds. I was like, damn, holy gosh. So the big thing I didn't get from this book is what's the best option then, right? Is it going to the police and getting a restraining order or, you know, letting the person know whenever the person sees their attacker and and basically documenting as much as possible? Yeah, this is a question I'm still thinking about, right? Because she doesn't really provide a good option in the book. So, again, for me, it's like, what's the best option for these people who are abused in this situation? Do you want them to leave? Or when if they do leave, do you want them to get a restraining order? What's the best way an alternative that we can do. I think the good alternative too is to allow police officers and a lot more people to know about domestic abuse and what really happens with domestic abuse. And I think the biggest thing too is having people, you know, specifically EMS or police officers know how to handle EMS and police officers know how to handle a domestic abuse relationship. And I think there has to be better protocol, better laws initiated To help the person that's being abused. And so that's uh, a really powerful book. I'm going to be reviewing that later this year. So definitely stay tuned for that. But again, it's Everything I've Never Dreamed by Ruth Glenn. All right. uh, Number three Colleen Hoover's books. Now, these were on my uh, top five lists until, you know, obviously. I reread Jenna McCurdy's book and then Waxing On by Ralph Montreal And then obviously whenever I read Christmas Carol, it kind of took out these Colleen Hoover books. But again, these are really good. So November ninth, and it starts with us, are my our favorite Colleen Hoover books I've read so far. I still have 10 more to read roughly, maybe a little bit more. And I thought I was going to finish it in February. I'm not going to be able to because I took a little break, a little, took a little time off to stop reading Colleen Hoover, just to read other books. And I have... Went on a tangent, and I read a lot about Jesse Dugard, who was kidnapped and held captive for 18 years. I read her story, which was one of the most powerful biographies I've ever read. And then I've read the three girls that were kidnapped in Cleveland by oh, Ariel Castro. And so she, uh, he kidnapped Michelle Knight first, and then it was Amanda Berry, and then Gina Deheus. And so... I read Amanda Berry's and Gina DeHuse's book and then also Michelle Knight's book. So they wrote different books. So Amanda Berry and Gina DeHuse wrote a book together and then Michelle Knight wrote her own book. And so that was insane. Both books were powerful. And I got a little bit more information about them being captive or held captive for 10 years or a decade. Unbelievable story. Highly recommend both, but again, warning, it does provide gruesome details of their what happened during their captivity and the details of what the captor did, etc., in both accounts, right? With the kidnappings in Cleveland books, which were uh, the Michelle Knight one, Amanda Berry and Gina Dehus, or the the other one in California with JC Dugard. But anyways, I, I took a little bit of time to read those. Those were powerful. I had to kind of stop a little bit and kind of process and kind of go <laughs> to another book because those were intense. But again, those were really good books. But I, I'm taking a little break. I'll probably get back to some of the other ones I've been on my list for a while. Layla and Verity, I'll probably read those next. So I can't wait for those. So I, again, almost put these on my top five list. I didn't, but again, these are really good. So first one, our first Colleen Hoover, a little bit more information about her is that she's the top selling author in 2022. According to NPD BookScan, or the her best-selling book in 2022 was... Her book, which was, it ends with her us. Her books also sold 14.3 million print copies in two, according to MPD Bookscan. That's not including audiobook sales, independent book sales, and ebook or Kindle uh, sales. So that's pretty impressive. 14.3 million print copies. Yes, she's blown up. And the biggest reason because uh, mostly because of TikTok. Now, again, TikTok revolutionized books, selling books. And it's crazy. It has skyrocketed sales in a lot of categories, specifically romance. But you see a lot of classics now are getting a lot of attention. Why? Because of BookTok. It's crazy. Bookstagram never was that level. And then all of a sudden, BookTok. TikTok just took off everything. You you see in Bookstagram where a lot of people were you know promoting these books well before in a period of time and they never got traction. TikTok came along, developed, and then all of a sudden somebody put the hashtag book tech on it, BookTalk on it, and it just skyrocketed. And a lot of people put that you know Colin Hoover's books on there, and then the the pandemic. Going into a new social media, everyone started looking at it, and then they were like, okay, we're going to have to buy it. And so they bought through mainly Amazon during the pandemic until we opened up for the bookstores, Books A Million, Barnes & Noble, etc. And then that's where a lot of people were searching for those books, Colleen Hoover books. Craziness, man. And I'll talk a little bit more about TikTok and how it revolutionized and kind of kick-started. Again, printed books, like a lot more people are reading now. And I think it has to involve or have to deal with TikTok. I mean, TikTok really pumped a lot of authors' books. And here's here's the thing, and why TikTok had a big revolutionary start or a big pump to uh, these authors' sales. Because Colleen Hoover has been around since 2016, right? We didn't know about Colleen Hoover until 2020, 2021. What came out that time frame? What what became popular during that time frame? TikTok. TikTok basically sent out Colleen Hoover to the masses. Ultimately, that's going to lead to a shit ton of sales. People are going to be curious, right? For me, I was curious. That's what drove me to Colleen Hoover. And I was like, okay, why is everyone reading this book? Oh, now I know why. I mean, her books are really good, but it was TikTok, and I'll talk a lot more about TikTok later. I'll have to provide an episode specifically on TikTok. I've been researching a lot about it. On, how, I mean, like it, it made a lot of books sell. And then the biggest thing too is like it's helping a lot of publishers, a lot, helping a lot of bookstores. It's, it's, it's doing a really good job. And I, I think TikTok, well, I think the book talk will, will be there for a little bit. And if you guys want to follow me on TikTok, I'm on there as well now. Might as well get on the bandwagon uh, a couple years late, but it's all right. I'm on there. Johnny's Book Reviews. <laughs> but it's crazy how it's, it has pumped book sales for everyone not only colleen hoover but Penelope douglas scarlett sinclair lucy score hannah hong etc right this is crazy but anyways uh november 9th this is about a girl who, girl who meets a guy at a restaurant on november 9th and they spend the day together decide to meet every year on november 9th now the problem is that this girl doesn't want to text call or follow each other on social media right they just want she just wants to talk to him on that day which kind of makes it interesting, especially especially in the 21st century, makes it a little bit harder or makes it a little bit difficult, honestly. Because like, you're going to meet somebody that's going to be really hard. Well, that one date, they just, they just couldn't shake that one date. And ultimately, they um, want to go back to or ultimately, they get. The biggest question is, do they get together at the end of the book? Sorry, it starts with us. Is Atlas's and Lily's stories the fans wanted. So whoever didn't want to make a second book where fans requested it on TikTok. And that's why, why, you know, if TikTok wasn't alive or existent, she wouldn't have written another book. Uh, Because again, like Instagram, you don't get a lot of traffic. You don't get a lot of requests. You don't get a lot of fan requests, comments, etc. On Instagram, right? It's like kind of dead for books. You know, there's a bookstagram, obviously, but it doesn't, it didn't do really well as well as TikTok. TikTok just revolutionized uh, Colleen Hoover's books and specifically ends with us. And so because of that, a lot of fans, we call them cohorts. We're like requesting her, ta- telling her, hey, you should make another book. And then she ultimately did. So if it wasn't for TikTok, she wouldn't have wrote another book. So again, I think TikTok has a a powerful platform for books. And I think it's going to be here for a long time. Unless, of course, U.S. bans it, which is about to occur. Which if it does, I think the sales for books are going to go dramatically down. But we'll see. Or it might transition where people start putting more attention and look at Instagram. But not, not a lot of people do that. Not a lot of people put a lot of attention on Instagram. We don't do hashtag Bookstagram, right? Uh, because they don't drive a lot of sales. Uh, you see Talk because that drives a lot of sales. It has. It has driven a lot of sales for a lot of books. And it's just crazy. So the first book, Ends With Us, goes over Lily's and Riley's relationship. The relationship started well, but you could see the red flags. Kind of that this uh, relationship was a domestic abuse relationship. That Riley was abusive. And you could kind of see that, how he controlled her, etc. It, it It's bad. You know, and you can see that. And you get the signs and it's like, oh, damn. So... Ultimately, this leads uh, Riley to punch Lily, and there is physical abuse in this book. And then this leads Lily to divorce Riley and start fresh. So a couple months later, she sees Atlas on the sidewalk, and he told her, hey, just to text her and kind of meet up if they want to, etc. And that's where we start the next book. It starts with us and this is what the the fans wanted and that's why she wrote the book. Kind of get the, the relationship between Atlas and Lily and how they grow up. You know, the biggest thing too is like they started a relationship in high school. They've kind of lost touch for a couple years. She developed a relationship with an abusive guy. And then she realized and ultimately she she went back to her high school crush, the guy that he, she always wanted to be with atlas and this is their story right this is their relationship and how ultimately at the end but spoiler alert that they get married so i loved it i thought it was a good ending to a powerful series you know over domestic uh violence she probably won't make another book and again she will definitely not make another book sorry ends with us was the most powerful book that i've read in 2021 it's really powerful i I didn't know that it was going to talk about domestic uh, violence and Majority of the, the romance book, actually all the romance books I've read so far, haven't talked about, about that. So it's cool to kind of see that and cool to provide a message that people should know about, right? And talking point about domestic violence and uh, a lot of people can kind of research a little bit more about it, get help, etc. and it, it starts by talking about it, and Colleen Hoover definitely talked about it in this book. All right, another one, number four, James Patterson by James Patterson. This is his memoir. So if you don't know James Patterson, he's the top-selling author in the world. He wrote the uh, Alex Cross series, Run Rose Run with Dolly Parton, etc. So I think this uh, memoir has been long overdue, but maybe not. People like me want to know more about him since he's one of the best-selling authors in the world. And this book provides a ton of stories like when he went to Woodstock, smoked some weed, and then his writing process, which was pretty cool. I love this book because he provides light on how you writes so much. The misconception is that other people write from, yes, he does have people write from. But also the biggest thing too is like a lot of people don't think he writes anymore. He does. He writes two to three books every year, and he's been doing that for the last twenty two years, actually, the last twenty three years. He's been doing it since two thousand. So he writes a book every two to three years, but again, he has multiple other people write with him. So he's able to pump out five to almost seven books per year. So allows other authors to get their word out, allows him to produce more books. Again, a majority of the people that co-author for him they write the book and then he kind of edits it, etc. Like for example, "Run, Rose, Run," where he wrote that with Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton wrote majority of the book, and he kind of pieced together every information, kind of made a man, or kind of made a script for it. And here we are, uh, Dolly Parton's book, "Run, Rose, Run." So again, this book was really good. I really liked the stories in it, and you know, this was um one of my favorite books of the year. But again, those those uh those five that I listed took took this one off but I highly recommend it I'm going to be reviewing this book later so definitely stay tuned for that it's it's one of the best books I've read out of James Patterson and and I really enjoyed it Your Nurses was one of a really good one as well I really enjoyed that book and this was on that level right it was actually better than that one I, I this was one of my favorite James Patterson books and it really like Makes me want to respect James Patterson a lot more. I I just enjoyed it. It was so good. So I highly recommend it. Go read it. All right, number five, Butchering the run by Elena Yukard. So I did review this already on my podcast, and that was... Oh, yeah. So that was September 30th, number uh, episode number 11. But I talked a little bit about that book in more depth so definitely check that out but basically this is elena's first novel debut novel it goes over two characters and the medical examiner and the serial killer so you'll see soon find out that both are connected and that the serial killer has wanted to kill the medical examiner for a long time this is a solid book it goes back and forth again between the the serial killer and the medical examiner and i thought it was good you know you like okay what's really happening here what's going on I listened to this at 12 a.m. and I couldn't put the book down. You know, I locked every door that I had, looked at every crevice to see if anybody was in the house and jumped right back into my covers, locked the door and I kept on listening to the book. I couldn't put it down. This was a really good book. Actually, I might reread it again. I, I I'll have to reread it again because there's a new book coming out in the next couple of years. So I can't wait for that. So I'll, I'll probably reread it or re-listen to it. So we'll see. I, I can't really wait for that now the second book i'm really hoping for that to be really good so with the youth series by caroline kempz this is over a serial killer bookseller and in that series she makes the serial killer kind of repeat over and over again it's like stalking people kill people kill people stalk people i'm gonna just kill these people etc it was the same story over and over again. It got so boring. Like, oh, my God. No. No. I I still haven't reviewed the other two books for you guys uh, because I'm procrastinating because they just are horrible. So, ultimately, those two books were bad. Uh, The next two books... So Hidden Bodies and You Love Me and there's a fourth book coming out. I'm not sure if I'm going to read it. Maybe I will. I don't know. I probably will. I'm not sure. But we'll see. But again, that series was so bad. And I hope this series, The Butcher and the Wren, will not be that bad. I'm hoping that it will be really good. And, and I hope that the story is different. You know, a little twist there maybe. But... It, If it repeats itself, I'm going to stop reading the book and never touch it again. So please don't do that, Elena. Please, please do not. All right. Number six, Last Ronin by Kevin Eastman, who lived and grew up in Maine. Look at that. The creator of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So I review this in my uh, podcast as well. Now, episode 28 on December sixteenth, twenty 2022. So, definitely check that out. Basically, I reviewed that book a little bit more in depth. But it's the last surviving turtle. It's several years in the future. And it's all the turtles. Casey Jones and Splinter are dead. Who's the remaining turtle? And what's going to happen in this book? Dun, dun, dun. So, this has a great story to it. I really wish Eastman didn't have the turtles survive in the end and just kill them off. But Whatever. I don't make the story. I don't make millions of dollars to write a Teenage Mutant Ninja story. If I did, I would have not made the turtles survive. So uh, now there's going to be more stories over these turtles. I believe their story is in the new comic book that comes out the next couple of weeks. It's called The Last Road in the Lost Years. I'm not really certain, so I'll have to read those books to find out. But I'll let you guys know in the next couple months. So definitely check that out, all right? Uh, it's going to be in the next couple months. We'll be reviewing that as well. i got so many re- books to review on this podcast. I might have to pump out maybe five every week just to get to where I am right now. I probably won't even catch up. i got so many books to review for you guys. But I'm just picking and choosing the ones that are most popular, that have sold a lot of the books that I work at. Again, that's number six, Last thrown by Kevin Eastman. All right, the final one, Madly Deeply by Alan Rickman. This is another honorable mention, but Alan Rickman was a great actor who is well-known for playing Snape in the Harry Potter movies. He did a really good job. And then also the villain in the first Die Hard movie. So he did pass away a couple years ago from pancreatic cancer. Now, this is Rickman's journal entries, all compiled in one book. He actually wanted these journal entries to be published, and they're now out for people to read. It goes over his life stories, his time with Harry Potter and his account of when he was sick. This is his story in his own words. Now, of course, he's dead. Yes, but it is his memoir and his biography. It's his own words. It's his uh, journal entries where the person, his wife, compiled it with a uh, author, compiled it. So that the person Mew, and I can actually read it, so it's pretty good actually. I've read a couple pages in it, kind of skimmed obviously uh, through it because he talks about you know waking up one day and going to the airplane, etc. I just wanted a little bit more information about Harry Potter and what his perspective of it was, but it, it's really good. You know, I wouldn't skim. I wouldn't read the book cover to cover. I would kind of skim, kind of kind of figure out what. Section you want to read begin, because like he writes about, you know, I wake up, I eat breakfast. Like you can kind of omit that stuff. You don't really need to read that unless you want to. I mean, it's up to you, but I wouldn't read it, and that's what I did. like or a lot of information in there you can omit, and that's what I did while reading this book. So ultimately, this is a really good book. I highly recommend it. Again, I wouldn't read this book, cover to cover. But kind of like kind of get sections here and there that you want to read, like the Harry Potter, etc. He goes through each year. So uh, definitely research when he talks about the Harry Potter. I think it's later 1990s, obviously in the 1997, 98 or something like that. So definitely check that out. Uh, but I would definitely get this book, read it. And ultimately it was one of, uh, the better books I've read this year alright that was a very long episode holy gosh I felt like I was talking for a long very time and I really was those were the five books I gave you guys 32 other notable nominees, and again with the Joan Fook books there's 26 of them I didn't really mention all of them but again you guys can look at that On my Goodreads page, the link will be down below. But these books were notable nominees were on the list here and there, but they were taken out by the ones that made the list. So I really had fun, you know, writing this and also recording it. It was a fun time. You know, these are the books that I recommend that I read this year. Most of them were pretty recent. I'm getting into classics this year, so we'll see how it goes. But hopefully, you guys liked it. That's what my top five were for this year. And then the 32 notable nominees that almost made it. We're so close, but didn't make it. So that's what I have to say in this episode. Thank you guys again so much. If you guys want to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Goodreads, TikTok, and Twitter, Johnny's Book Reviews, definitely do that. I provide a ton of reviews on there as well. So Goodreads is just... Uh, review based. Now for my other social media handles: TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, etc. Those are the ones where I provide you know my reviews, but also videos over the books, and then also provide little pictures of you know signed books I get, or pictures of quotes I see from books that sparked my interest. I provide a ton of stories on my. Uh, Instagram page. So definitely stay tuned for those and definitely check that out at Johnny's Book Reviews. And follow me, of course, too. And then also I provide a short every day over over a book that I see, signed book that I'm getting or have collected, or a review over a book. Um, I'm going to probably hit it more short reviews on that platform. So definitely stay tuned for that. But again, you can uh, follow me on YouTube at Johnny's Book Reviews. So follow me and uh, get awesome tips and book reviews and also videos, short videos of books that I think look cool, etc. And then also my website at johnnysbookreviews.com. I have a ton of book reviews that I haven't been able to put on here yet. So definitely look at that. I have also a lot of reading questions that I have on there like how do I save money on books? How have I not spent any money on books, et cetera, et cetera. And one year I, I spent no money on books and I provide a blog on there. So definitely look at that. If you guys want to support this channel, you can give a donation from $2 to $10 per month. That helps out provide better reviews for you guys. It, it can help provide or help with equipment, et cetera, to provide better reviews. And then also, if you guys want to support this channel, too, we I have merch on the uh, Bonfire.com at Johnny's Book Reviews. I have a read bands book where I have eight band books that I sparked my interest and that I've read. And, you know, they go over a wide range of topics, sexuality, gender, sexual assault, mental health, etc. And I thought those books were really good to put onto the shirt. And so that's what I did. Read band books. I have two lines. And then I also have a go read line, challenge yourself line the johnny's book reviews logo line so definitely check that out at johnny's book reviews on bonfire.com and then of course follow this uh, podcast for more reviews that comes out every friday so i'll I'll drop a episode every friday roughly around 8 to 10 a.m so definitely check that out stay tuned and follow or subscribe to this podcast thanks again guys and i'll talk to you guys in the next one next one, again, will be next Friday, so stay tuned for that. It's going to be great. I haven't really scheduled anything for February yet, what I'm going to be reviewing, but maybe I'll touch up on the books that uh, were on the notable non of these. We'll see. James Patterson by James Patterson, maybe Alan Rickman's book, his journal entry book, or Madly Deeply by Alan Rickman, etc. We'll see. But definitely check out Facebook or Instagram to kind of see that schedule. All right. Thank you guys so much and have a good one.